Good morning, and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. So we get into the Word of God, talk about it, and allow it to transform our lives. And I hope the Word of God is transforming your life. There's so many sources of information out there that we get inundated in, and as we let them into our life, they transform us. So I hope you're letting the Word of God richly dwell within you. If you want to be like Christ, if you want to be all that God's called you to be and be like Christ, you better be in the Word of God every day. That's why we're here every day. Well, this morning we've been talking about Jesus. We talked last week about the resurrection and yesterday prophecies. This morning I want to talk about Jesus claimed things about himself that no one else ever claimed. You know, the big claim of Jesus, is he God? It's quite a claim to think about that this man walking on the earth was actually God come in the flesh. A lot of people who think highly of Jesus don't accept that. And to me, it's that, you know, like Muslims, for instance, will think, say, we think he was one of the greatest prophets ever. And they think they honor him and they do honor him, but not to the degree that he deserves to be honored. It's like saying uh, someone who was president and you were saying, well, I think he was a great uh, mayor. Well, he's not the mayor. He's the president. And you think you're honoring him by saying he was a great mayor when he was actually someone much higher than that. Likewise, to call Jesus a great prophet when he was actually the son of God and actually God in the flesh is not honoring him. It's dishonoring him. I was in Israel. I've shared this story before. It's a great story. It was in Israel, and we we stayed with a, uh, we were in an Airbnb, and it just so happened the, the people who owned the Airbnb who lived above us, he was uh, leader of an Orthodox synagogue, and they had invited us to share their Shabbat meal, their Sabbath meal with them, and they didn't realize we were Christian, but as we got to talking, I asked him a couple questions. It didn't take long before we got into our religious beliefs, and I, and, and, um, I made a comment, and he said, oh, so I said, we're followers of Yeshua, and he said, which is the Hebrew for Jesus. And he said, oh, so you're Christian? And I said, yes. And he said, well, Jesus couldn't be the Messiah because he's not God. And I said, well, he said he was. And his jaw dropped, his eyes got big. He said, really? Where? And that led to a couple hours of discussion of what, it, what we Christians believe. Again, I mentioned Muslims. Muslims are very strong. We honor Jesus, but he's not God. He could never be God. And, and there's no partner of God. As a matter of fact, Muslims believe that to, to declare Jesus or to believe Jesus is God and to worship Jesus is to commit what they call the sin of shirk, which is the unpardonable sin. Quite interestingly, we believe if you don't believe Jesus is God or the Son of God, you're condemned. They believe if you do think that, you're condemned. And then, of course, we have all kinds of uh, cult groups, Jehovah's Witnesses and so forth, that their big argument is Jesus isn't God. And so what is the truth here? Is he God or not? Now, of course, we believe in what's called the Trinity or the Triunity. One God revealed in three persons. 
And so specifically what we believe is there's one God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Spirit is God. But there's not three gods. There's one God revealed in these three persons. This is not today. We don't want to spend time going through the Trinity, but that's our doctrine. And what I want to move on to is Jesus or did he did people understand him to be God? Well, let's go, first of all, to John chapter 1. And the opening of this gospel. The four gospels were written with four different purposes in mind, all of which to help us understand he is the Messiah. But in the Old Testament, there were four pictures of the Messiah. He would be a king. He'd be a servant. He'd be a man. And he'd be God. These two paradoxical duos here, shall we say. And the fourth gospel, John, was written with this to show us that Jesus is the divine Son of God, as was prophesied in the prophet Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The book begins with this prologue. Now, Jesus didn't say this himself, but this is how John and his disciples, this is who they understood him to be. Look at this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. This is clearly this word, the, Hebrew, the Greek word here, logos, this word is definitely referring to God. He was in the beginning with God and he was God. Again, this is rich theological language here to help us understand what the Trinity is. Jesus is not the Father, he's the Son. But the Son was with the Father, and the Son and the Father are both God, and yet only one. Again, this is not my purpose to get into the Trinity right now, but just the identity of Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 14 tells us, And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glories of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So this word that was in the beginning, that was God, cook on flesh, and of course, what is that flesh? He became the incarnation, Jesus Christ. Later on, Jesus, so this is how John understood it, but later on, Jesus said many, many things that would lead us to believe that he was telling us he's God. Now, again, Muslims will ask me the question, show me where Jesus said, I am God. And of course, there's no place where those exact words were used in the New Testament. But that doesn't mean the New Testament and Jesus himself did not teach that he was God. I sometimes counter the Muslims will show me somewhere in the Quran where he says, I am the prophet. And, and, there's no place in the Quran where he uses those exact words, but clearly they believe he's the prophet, and clearly that's what the Quran teaches, even though it's not accurate. Clearly the New Testament teaches that Jesus is God come in the flesh, and clearly that's what Jesus believed, even though those exact words are not used. Let's look at one example of something Jesus said. In John chapter 5, he says this, For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so, the Son also gives life to whomever he wishes. 
That's what he does. He is, he, he is able to give life. Remember in John chapter 1, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Jesus gives life to whom he wishes. For he, not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. You know, God shares his glory with no one. This word honor means that we are to hold in the same esteem, to look upon as this, the same as to equal. We are to, we are to treat the Son, honor the Son, worship the Son, Jesus, in the same way we would the Father. Why? Because the Son does all the same things that the Father does. He gives life. He is your ultimate judge. On judgment day, people will stand before Jesus Christ. And there he will render an account upon our lives. The Father has given all judgment over to the Son. What an amazing comment to make. Jesus was no mere man. He was no mere prophet. He was no mere spokesman for God. He, he takes on the very role of God the Father because he is God the Son. Jesus made claims of the, the great I am claims, which I, again, I don't have time to go into today, but if I could just quickly read them. I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall walk with the light of life. I am the door. Anyone who enters through me finds eternal life. I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me has life. Do you see all these references that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live forever. You see how important it is that we have faith in Jesus. And he was making these claims that no one would make unless they thought of themselves they were God. Now here's a really powerful one. John chapter 8, Jesus was in quite a conflict with the Pharisees about, about his identity. And he was saying, if, he, if Jesus said, if I set you free, you'll be free indeed. And they were saying, we've never been a slave. Abraham's our father. Jesus says, you're of your father, the devil. It's, it was getting pretty heated, pretty much, a lot of conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees here. And Jesus made some comment about Abraham. He'd seen, he said, Abraham saw Jesus's day and rejoiced in it. And the disciples said, so the Jews, excuse me, the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out from the temple. Why did they pick up stones to throw at him? What did he mean by this? Abraham lived, you know, over a thousand years before Jesus. And Jesus is saying, before Abraham was born, I am. Do you remember in Exodus chapter 3, when, when Moses said to God, he said, well, if I go to the children of Israel and I, God said, who shall I say sent me? What's your name? And God's name, he said, I am that I am. 
tell them I am sent you. This is what they understood to be the name of God. And Jesus said before Abraham was born, I am. Later on, when, when standing before Caiaphas, the high priest, Caiaphas said, are you the Christ, the son of the living God? Jesus' response was, I am. Again, the same power of this claim to being the divine son of God, God come in the flesh. This is something, the deity of Jesus Christ, this is, this is something the writers of the New Testament understood. John writes about this clearly. Paul writes about this clearly. Peter. This is in, in no unclear terms. Peter says, or Paul says of Jesus, in him dwells all the fullness of deity in bodily form. Jesus' disciples, his followers understood him, his claim to be the divine God in human flesh. This is something Jesus' enemies believed and understood. This is why they wanted to pick up stones and stone him. They believed it was blasphemous. Ultimately, he was put to death because they claimed he was a blasphemer. As Caiaphas said, you being a man, make yourself out to be God. This is why. And clearly, this is what Jesus taught. You know, no one else ever taught this about themselves. Not, certainly not in this way. No one who's ever had a following. Again, Muhammad claimed to be a prophet. Buddha, Buddha was you know, kind of agnostic. He wasn't even sure there was necessarily a God. But if there was, there was a divine spirit that, that, you know, a life spirit, a divinity spirit that dwells in all people, kind of like New Age movements today. Certainly, Moses never claimed to be God or Abraham or anything like this, but Jesus did. God in the flesh. Stop and think about it. It's pretty astonishing who we follow. He was a man. He was born as a baby. He had to grow up just like us. He laid it, Philippians chapter 2, it says he laid aside his privileges as God so he had to learn, he had to read, he had to understand, he had to, he was, he had to eat, he had to sleep, he had to, he got tired, he had to, he couldn't be here and there at the same place, he was limited to a body. Though he laid aside his privileges as God for our sake, to come to earth to be our savior, who his divine character was, his nature never stopped being. I sometimes share on campus, I say, imagine, for instance, if, if some wealthy billionaire said, well, I want to understand what it's like to be poor, and I want to relate to the poor people, and I want the poor people to feel like they can relate to me. And so he leaves his mansion, leaves behind his credit cards, his wallet, his bodyguard, his limousine, all these things. He leaves them behind. He puts on some raggedy old clothes, and he goes down and he lives in a homeless camp under a bridge with some others. Now, he's still a billionaire. He still has all these access to all these things, and he's not changed his essential nature of who he is. It's still the same person. It's just he's choosing for a period of time to live different than what he really is. He's choosing to live amongst others so that they might know him and they might have that relationship. This is why Jesus came to earth. He never stopped being God. But he laid aside his privileges and lived life like us. It even says he was tempted in all things like we and yet without sin. He never stopped being God. He never stopped being who he was. But he laid that aside for our sake because God truly desires a relationship with us. This is the glory of the Christian message. There's no other religion that teaches this. 
There's no, there's no other religion that, that teaches that God so loved us. He became a man. He became one of us. He lived among us. And he chose to go through life without, with, with, by laying aside all those privileges. Why would he do such a thing? Because of his great love for us. Brothers and sisters, we've got quite a gospel. We've got quite a Savior. We've got quite a God that we serve. Isn't, it, isn't he wonderful? Father, we thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We confess him as the second person of the Trinity, and as such, God come in human flesh. Jesus, we acknowledge that though you existed in the very form of God from the beginning, because all things came into being through you, and as you existed there, yet you laid aside your privileges and you took on the form of a man and a servant, a bondservant. You became obedient to the point of death, and you did all this out of your great love for us. And for this, we're grateful. Jesus, we worship you. We bow the knee to you. We confess you. We, we're some of those first fruits because one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. And today we confess it willingly, joyfully, and you fill our heart with peace and with love and goodness. We bless you. We pray that we might know you more and more, that we'd grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that we would understand you, and we thank you for the incredible privilege that your calling and plan for our life is to conform us, Jesus, to your very image. Father, you're making us more and more like Jesus day by day by day. Indeed, all things work together for good because all things are working to transform us into the very image of Christ. And so we thank you for the trials. We thank you for the conflicts. We thank you for the things that humble us. We thank you for the things that make us more dependent upon you. We thank you, Lord, for the, the, the things that, that we might have wished wouldn't be, but we realize in your loving hand you're using them for our ultimate good. And for this, we're grateful, and we give you praise, and we are, we're just filled with joy. And we thank you. Give us this hope. We bless you. Jesus, we worship you and love you. And we thank you. You are who you are. And for this, we give you praise. And it's in your name we come and offer this prayer to the Father. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, there are so many verses on this, my friends. We could spend hours talking about the deity of Christ. I've given you just a couple verses. We'll talk more about this in the future, I'm sure. It's an important thing. This is, I have found that people who disagree with who Jesus is, who cultish groups, all of them, are either off on the, the, who Jesus is or what he accomplished on the cross. And so this is an important doctrine. Aren't you grateful? Don't you love him? This is the love of God, and this is what he's done for us. So I want to thank you for being with me today. Again, my name is Tom Short. If you're new today, I'm glad you're with us. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notify, hit the like button. Tell, me, tell us where you're from. I always like to know who's watching. And so check in. And then join our community if you like live. We're here every morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time live. But you can watch later on in the day if you like. Or you can even listen on the uh, Google, Spotify, or Apple podcast platforms. You're welcome to do that as well. Share with your friends. Tell them about this. Let's get in the Word of God every day. We, don't, we, we need the Word of God every day because we're not once a week Christians. We're everyday Christians. So until tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, keep you make his face shine upon you, fill you with his joy, his peace, his love, and his victory. See you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.